Welcome to The Shed Wireless, a podcast for shedders. Produced by the Australian Men's Shed Association and hosted by John Paul Young. Yeah, there's something for you at the Men's Shed. Hello and welcome back to The Shed Wireless podcast. Made in Australia and distributed all over the world for the love of shedding. Today, we've got a special On The Pulse episode in store for you. Did you know strokes are one of Australia's biggest killers and a leading cause of disability? But more than 80% of strokes can be prevented. We're taking a special look at this topic for National Stroke Week. National Stroke Week encourages the community to fight stroke together so that you or your loved ones can continue to enjoy life during and after recovery. Fighting Stroke aims to bring people together to share knowledge, support and resources to help prevent strokes from occurring and to aid in the recovery process for those who have experienced a stroke. Help others to enjoy life too by sharing F-A-S-T, face, arms, speech, time, signs of stroke with your family and friends. If you or someone you know experiences the signs of stroke, no matter how long they last, call triple zero immediately. I spoke to two shedders from the Newcastle Men's Shed, Don Bailey and Noel Carroll, who have both been affected by stroke. And AMSA's Stuart Torrance sat down with Tony Finneman from the Stroke Foundation to talk about his experience with having a stroke and preventative steps that can be taken and what to look out for. So, let's get into it. You're listening to The Shed Wireless with my good friend, John Paul Young. It's a podcast for shedders across Australia and around the world, get ready to shed. Yeah, there's something for you at the Men's Shed. Shedder in the spotlight. Let's meet and learn about the life of one of our shedders. Yeah, what do you want to know? All right, Donny. I'll tell you what I want to know. What do you remember about your stroke? What time of the day did it happen? I just got home from work, got out of the shower. The wife was on the phone talking to me son, and she said, hello. She seen me mouth had dropped, and, oh. yeah, that was uh, March the 9th, uh, 19 years ago. Wow. And I had the second one about five years after that. Right. The stint in my neck had blocked up 100% and that caused another stroke. Oh, you had a stent in your neck? Yeah, yeah. I've, oh, had, the, I've had the uh, the left one fixed up. Uh-huh. I got that done two years ago. Yep. And I went and had another test last November. Uh-huh. Still only about 40% blocked. And I've got to go and see him again in two years' time. Right. Go and have an ultrasound and then, yeah, go and see him. The end of 2024. All right. You'll probably be getting close to about 50 years old by then. (laughs) Not bad for an 80-year-old, Blake. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm good. Yeah, didn't leave me with any disability. Just to me right arm and the wrist is a little bit. Funny, you know. Uh-huh. But otherwise, health-wise, I'm good, thank God. Feel good. Oh, that's And do lovely. physical work and, yeah. 
So you love you love your time down at the shed. What do you what do you do when you're down there, Donny? Well, the last week I've been out. My son, eldest boy's just bought another house, and I've been out helping him. Yep. But in the shed here, I do work and paint, and you know, good bunch of blokes. Yep. Have a lot of fun. Yeah, my boy's got me interested in it, you know. So, yeah, I lost my wife 14 years ago, so they said, why don't you join the men's shed, Dad? So, yeah, and it's really good, you know. Have a lot of laughs and a lot of shit fight, like, you know. <laughs> Listen to a lot of dribble and shit that you do. <laughs> What's your background, Donnie? What did you do when you grew when you were growing up? What did you do? I was a labourer with the uh, state government, Department of Public Works. Oh, that's winning the lottery, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now you were saying everything's all right except you what your your wrist. You got a, a bit of bit of trouble with your wrist. You know, I got to put my hand in my pocket, and I can't. It just you now a little bit numb. But yeah, the more I use it, the better it seems to be. Wow. Well, that's really good. So, um, yeah, the the shed has certainly helped you uh, re- in recovery. Oh, geez, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, you just get down the shed and give a bit of cheek and people give a bit of cheek to you? Is that what goes on? Hand out a lot of shit and take a lot of shit back. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Donny, I really, I, I, I wish you every success with your recovery, and I, 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 I know there's, there's nothing wrong upstairs. You, everything's fine there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, right on. Okay, and have have good luck with your hearing aids, yeah. mate. And I'll uh, I, I'll have to speak to you again soon after your next little op. That'll be good. I'll put you under Noel. Thanks, Donny. Bye bye. Bye now. Bye. Oh, good day, Noel. How are you? Oh, I'm perfect. <laughs> oh, this sounds like a good shed. This one. Yeah. <laughs> so what what time what time of the day did it, did your stroke happen? Well, I was in uh, a private hospital having a, a knee transplant or a, a replacement. Out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of uh, uh, I was in recovery, and they noticed my uh, jaw drop. Oh. So straight away they rushed me to John Hunter Hospital, and they get give uh, uh, blood thinners to me. Yep. No, I was in John Hunter for, for four days, mm-hmm. and then afterwards I went back to um, Lingard Hospital. Uh, wow. I was in there about three weeks yep. uh, doing speech therapy and yep. exercise for my knee, mm-hmm. and, yeah, all good now, mate. Oh, that's, that's amazing. You know, you were a very lucky man to be in a hospital when that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. I have... I'm spell it I S K E I M I C K. Oh, okay. No wonder I can't pronounce it either. Yeah, that's a hell of a word. Yeah. So, um, so I uh, I was in a, a men's shed before. Yeah. And when, when I we we uh, recover, the best thing to socialise and, and talk. So the more you talk, the better you get. So oh, for right. uh, six months, I couldn't talk at all. I had wow. to use signs, you know, to, to go to the toilet or, uh, you know, I'm hungry. And, uh, but yeah. now we, I had a stroke two and a half years ago last Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
every day I I feel I'm improving, but I I got to think what I say before I say it. Yeah, so, well, yeah. I mean that's that's a good thing because even people that haven't had a stroke, they don't think before they say things, as we all know. Yeah, I used to talk quicker before, but yep. now I'll, I'll, I'll talk uh, spoke uh, slowly. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't to, uh, to pronounce words. You know, I, uh-huh. I couldn't couldn't pronounce my uh, wife's name or, yep. or my. Uh, grandchildren but now i'm okay yeah fabulous that's really good news Noel. what do you do down the shed well every tuesday i go with another boat to pick up bottles and cans uh-huh. and uh, i go to the recycle uh place and uh we usually make about 120 dollars towards the shed Oh, and then sometimes I, I go in the garden on Wednesday or, or sometimes I just go to, you know, have a cu- cup of coffee, you know. Yep, yep. That's the lovely thing about the shed. There's no pressure, is there? You just do no, what no, you can yeah. or what you want to do. Um, so how, how, has the stroke, how has the stroke affect what you do? Is it made? It doesn't affect me uh, in an official way. But at first, I, I couldn't communicate to to my wife, so uh-huh. it's a bit uh, awkward, you know. And sometimes you're a bit hard to talk to to, to her. Yes. But now, as long as I talk so, she she understands me. Yeah. God, oh, that's fantastic, mate. That's really great. Now the shed is obvious. It's it's helping in your recovery. Yeah. 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 I was in a shed before, and Newcastle's shed is just two blocks from my place, so I can walk down. So which which shed are you at, Noel? Newcastle Men's Shed. At, ah. uh, at um, near the Adamstown Railway Station. Oh, yes, we all know that well, the Adamstown Railway Gates. Well, Noel, thank you very much for talking to us about um, about the, the problems that you've had. And it sounds to me like uh, you're well on the way to recovery and, uh, you know, you, you're getting through, mate, which is the most important thing. Yeah, I, 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 we, I go, oh, last month I went to a, a stroke uh, team and, yep. and the people there, there's nine people, the same as me. So we learn... learn uh, how they affected them also. Yeah, so I know one. Uh, 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 he he can't speak after five years because he wow. he laid on the floor for half an hour and he can't uh, move his arms. He can't walk. So mm. you know, for me, I'm I'm happy because it's yeah. always someone worse than uh, yourself. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, Noel, thank you very much, and, and uh, tell Donnie thank you very much. Uh, it's been really informative, and uh, I'm sure everybody out there is going to learn a lot of things from uh, from the from your experiences. Thanks again, Noel. Bye bye. 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 We acknowledge the Awabakal people, the traditional custodians of the land where Newcastle men sheds meet. 
we pay our respects to their elders, past and present. On the Pulse, on the Shed Wireless. Just a reminder to everyone there in Shedland, don't forget F-A-S-T, Face, Arms, Speech, Time. Help others to keep enjoying life too by sharing the F-A-S-T signs of stroke with your family and friends. If you or someone you know experiences the signs of stroke, no matter how long they last, call triple zero immediately. Thanks very much, John Paul Young. This is Stuart Torrance, Men's Health Project Officer for the Australian Men's Shed Association, bringing you On the Pulse. And On the Pulse today is uh, a very apt subject. We have uh, Tony Finnery. Tony uh, Finnery is a, a person with lived experience of having a stroke. We're going to ask Tony some questions uh, about his experience and about what he now knows about what he should have done before he had the stroke. Tony, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Stuart. How are you? Tony Finner, and it's my name. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was I was half close. <laughs> yeah, very good. Fantastic, Tony. Uh, what's the difference between stroke and heart attack? I've always wanted to ask somebody that. Okay, um, I've never had a heart attack, so I can't tell you about that. But stroke if it attacks the brain. It's really a brain injury. I've, I've had some people, friends who have uh, had. Uh, heart surgery and then during the process there's a a clot formed and it's transferred to the brain which has caused the stroke so at the table they have um, on the operating table they're tossed between uh, what's going to save the life which is heart and then Mm -hmm. uh, brain keeps the you know obviously the body going something so it really happens um, happens when the blood supply carrying oxygen nutrients to the brain's interrupted so it's a, a temporary flow or, or a long-term uh, stoppage. Yeah. And then uh, when the brain cells don't get enough blood, it's uh, up to 1.9 million cells. Brain cells die every minute. So it's a huge um, uh, loss of uh, you know, capacity, brain capacity. Yeah. Oh. So that's the basic difference. It's one heart, as I think it's a blockage in the heart, you know, but the stroke is a, a attack on the brain. Basically, uh, they both have something to do with blood flow, obviously being part yes. of the. But it, it's a it's an obstruction within the arteries or uh, blood vessels that actually cause what we are now referring to as stroke. Is that right? Yeah, there's two two types of stroke. Basically, you know, one's formed by clots. That's an ischemic stroke, and that's uh, where the uh, blood's prevented from getting the brain through the, because of the clot blockage. Um, so four out of five uh, strokes are caused by clots. Uh, for me, I always had uh, a bleed, which is a hemorrhagic stroke, and that um, like a vessel bursts in the brain and bleeds. And so mine, uh, mine was a bit of a funny story. I had a gray mal seizure for something like 45 minutes um, prior to the stroke itself and then yeah. uh, went to... Pre- presented to ED with the grammar seizure. And then when they put the, I had identified I had three clots in my head. Um, but when they put the clot busting agents through, that caused the bleed for me. So for me, I woke up with a stroke, which was a little bit different to sorry, pretty most people. Yeah. Okay. So let me just clarify. So you, you actually had a clot, but the clot was in a position where it actually, um, I suppose, created a dam-like situation. And then you had a bleed on the other side of that clot. Is that right? No, sort of. It, it's uh, clots that, that prevent 
the there's an obstruction with the clots. I had three clots in my in my brain. Wow! But at this point, that was uh, still you know blood was flowing around it or bypassing it. You know, finding alternate route to the keep the brain uh, flooded. Yeah. Um, but to, when they uh, it's a thing called thrombolysis, which is a clot busting agent, and uh, the the doctors, you know, put the agent in to break down the clots, yeah. and that uh, that thrombolysis, the clot busting agent, actually broke, the, or you know, led to the bleed. So had it must have had something, you know, uh, thin on the uh, on the arteries or you know some major vessel, and that caused the bleed for me. So it was a little bit different, it's not quite an unusual story. But um, you know, I, for me, I woke up with a stroke, and um, I can't tell you the. I can explain the symptoms. I don't. I've never experienced the symptoms of a stroke, but um, uh, we know about it, and I know the after effects of a stroke. So is is like you said, you had three clots. Is is multiple clots a normal thing, or is it usually just one? Well. Do you know? No, I don't know, the, don't know the actual st- you know stats on that. Um, I think multiple clots is is um, un- not unusual, put it that way. Yeah. And okay. then, um, but I think a lot of people have just had the one big clot, and you know, it could be caused by plaque. You know, a bit of artery plaque, um, you know, firing through the heart. It's big enough to bypass the heart, but then you, it gets to the brain and it causes a blockage. Um, so it could be as simple as that, a piece of plaque, or could be clot forming for whatever reasons a clot forms in your blood. I was just thinking how, how fortunate you were to have been picked up um, like uh, at the time and uh, because I, I know time is a major factor. Mm. Um, I, I've read somewhere that during a stroke, a, a piece of brain the size of a pea dies every 12 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, now, that doesn't sound like a heck of a lot, but when you think of everything that the brain does... Uh, depending on where that pee is, could have some major uh, life-changing uh, effects. Have you had any effects yourself? Uh, yes, I've got, I've got deficiencies in my right ha- uh, hand, you know, so I, uh, I've just call it a dodgy right hand, but it's uh, <laughs> my uh, the pincer grip, you know, fingers, that, you know, touch your fingers, the thumb and index finger. I okay. can't do that. Um, I've got a lot of... Uh, spasticity in my right hand and uh, I've also lost all my peripheral vision with the stroke so uh, different functions of the brain have different tasks you know tasks that the brain can provide and then um, it's got you know functionality and could be you know smell sight uh, your speech things like that you know these are quite a often association with aphasia in um, uh, with stroke and that's where you you either can't speak or you can't read or there's some effect on your reading comprehension capability. And so, yeah, it's it's a uh, quite a lot of people I've met in my time have this aphasia, which is really um, quite awkward. I've been pretty lucky with not having that, but, um, yeah. you know, just different aspects. Um, and, you know, with, our, with the loss of peripheral, peripheral vision, you, I've surrendered my licence as a, uh, a driver. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing that I was surprised in, in my reading is that the stroke was one of Australia's biggest killers and a leading cause of disability. Yes. So th- like the symptoms that you're talking about, um, they're, they're lifelong. So you're never going to get that pinch uh, feature back in your hand or is that something that you can re- uh, restore through physiotherapy and things? I think it's um, physiotherapy's 
obviously helps, you know, so, um, but really it's a repetitive uh, exercise. So if you can constantly do it, you, it's called brain plasticity. Right. And brain plasticity is where the, if you have, if you imagine the brain has a path from A to B, um, and that's now blocked, it might have to go via C to get to B. Mm-hmm. And so it's called brain plasticity, and that uh, rewires your brain. Uh, for me, my stroke was about roughly 10 years ago, and yeah. then uh, I've this brain plasticity gives me minor increments, but it's probably too small to um, notice. But I've, I've, you know, basically every day I get some sort of improvement, but yeah. um, the actual pencil grip. Um, if I concentrate really hard, I can probably do the pincer grip. <laughs> and, right. Um, it takes me uh, five minutes to concentrate. <laughs> so um, it's just one of those things where uh, it's life. And I, I, I was like, I take that attitude. I can't reverse it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I've just got to live with it and make the best of it. I can, you know, I can do more things that I can't do. And that's the good, you know, that that's a good and, thing about how, uh, stroke, you know. And, it, and it's focus, focusing on that um uh, the positive side of things, uh, Tony. I can I can tell in your voice that uh, you're a very po- positive, uh, forward-thinking person. Um, stroke can happen to anyone at any age. I, I believe there's a lot of infants that uh, suffer strokes. So it's yeah. not just you know somebody uh, in in their senior years. It's, it's yeah, it's seen as in a senior like an age group, and age groups certainly got a higher risk to it. Um, genetics, you know, background cultures, um, things like that also have a factor in in uh, risk management. But okay. yeah, I've met one of the ladies on the in the foundation who's uh, on the consumer council now. Her uh, daughter in utero uh, lost half a brain. Um, wow, you know, really sad story. Um, but uh, in, you know, so in utero, pre birth, uh, lost half her brain, and then yeah. uh, she was born with MS uh, as as a result. Um, so it's really you know quite sad. But I've met a lot of teenagers who've um, uh, had stroke. I've met a lot of uh, university folk, you know, twenty twenty, you know, twenty five type of thing who've had stroke. Yeah, and they've, they've you know gone on to do complete the degrees, and so look, you know, it's it's all. Strokes about hope, and if you can do the keep the positive attitude, and you know, I was military, yeah, so I can lose, I can lose a few battles along the way, but I got to win the war, and that's, that's that means you might have to withdraw from a task, get every and uh, re- rethink, and then you know, attack it from a different direction. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it, that's been my philosophy the whole thing. I just I can't reverse it, so I've just got to accept it and get on with life as best I can. And step up to the challenge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tony, tell me a little bit about your experience of stroke. What happened? For me, I was just basically what we've covered you know, before. I had a, it was a Sunday for me. So uh, my wife, I could, I, was just, I think it was a change of medication for me that uh, caused it, but I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. I'm probably never going to find out, but it doesn't yeah. really matter. But um, I, I couldn't hold down fluids or water, uh, uh, fluids or meals at the time. And then uh, my wife said, uh, "If you don't, if you can't hold down a meal or water by three pm, I'm going to call the ambulance." And I thought, you know, I was, I wasn't feeling well, but I wasn't that sick. I didn't think. And uh, so when the ambulance, uh, ambulance came, they did the tests, you know, I hadn't had a stroke at that stage. And then um, they, it's like 
said, look, you're sick, but you're not sick enough to take the hospital, which is what I thought. And then they asked me to sit up. And then that's the last thing I remember. I went into this um, grand mal seizure, you know, 35, 40 minutes. At that point, they obviously had to take me to hospital. And that's uh, when I got to present it to ED, the emergency department. Um, they found the, uh, through a CT scan, they found the clots and then um, put me on the thrombolysis, but also the planet for three and a half weeks. Um, and in ICU from that point, intubated, fed through, you know, you know, uh, tubes. And those, yeah, tubes. And um, so I was fully paralyzed for the first month. So I couldn't, all I could do was really move my eyes. Yeah. Um, I, I knew I had brain function because it, um, but I was so cross-eyed as well. So I had my vision, I knew my vision had been affected because I was trying to work out, um, sliding doors you know and, and to me they were at a 45 degree angle and i was trying to work out how this how this sliding sliding door could could close itself at a 45 degree angle and so that was a so i knew my brain was working because i was you know the army sort of teaches you the problem to solve and yeah. um that threw me i just couldn't work out the, the mechanics of that was working but um anyway that was good fun to Sounds like you felt like you were in a bit of a labyrinth. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Just, just recalling the um, the, the, the movie, the movie uh, where where things were moving where they shouldn't be moving, and, yeah. and so on. It, it, I, uh, I, I think that would be a rather scary time to be in because you're not exactly sure what is right and what is wrong. Yeah, just I know that you know, I knew my brain was functioning, which. I, I, I thought I said, because I used to drive um, sort of coaches and uh, delivery of buses and, you know, uh, work for a uh, chassis company, a, a Swedish chassis uh, manufacturer, and uh-huh. then driving coaches. And, and, and uh, I think you saw a photo earlier on with a snow coach. And then, um, but I thought I might have had a bus accident. I hadn't known. Didn't hadn't realised what had happened to me, and then uh, I was trying to feel my limbs. Uh, you know whether one had been ripped off, or arms had been ripped off, or in this bus accident, and um, uh, because of the lack of because of the paralysis, I couldn't get any return response signal back. And oh, so, okay. <laughs> so it really affected uh, affected your cognitive functioning and and abilities. I I, I think I was cognitive, but uh, I couldn't get the. Re- the receptors back, I, the, the receptors weren't working. I couldn't get, I wasn't in, there was no pain. And right. uh, that threw me. And if I lost a limb or, or was, you know, been severed lacerations, I thought, thought there'd be pain. There was no pain. And uh, I just couldn't get any reception. About, you know, re, the, the, I was trying to send out these signals to, you know, get to my legs and work out what was wrong, you know, and that there was no um, feedback. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, uh, when I was, so I came to three and a half weeks, I got a bit cognitive, and three and a half weeks later, um, I can remember my first toe wriggle. That was, you know, I'm, I'm six foot four and oh. uh, one, not 190 centimeters. Um, and to get from my brain to the, my toe was the maximum length that I could get on the, on the body side, I think. So I thought that's, a, that's a good sign. But that was my, I can remember the first toe wriggle, and that then gave me hope uh, again it's all about hope um and then the progression of recovery was uh, from that point so yeah i'd like to end up with a couple of deficiencies but in the main i wasn't expected to leave the doctors at liverpool hospital saved my life 
and um, uh, I ended up with uh, six six and a half weeks at Liverpool Hospital, three three and a half weeks in ICU, and then three and a half, three weeks in a ward waiting for transfer back to Bankstown for rehab. And there was another six and a half weeks in the hospital for rehab, so it's thirteen weeks duration. Well, it it sounds like the you you gave credit to the ambos and the the doctors mm. and things at the Liverpool Hospital, but it sounds like your wife actually. Uh, did the best thing calling them in the in the first place absolutely yeah she won the she won the she won the argument <laughs> yeah. well I, I think you owe her a meal at least absolutely um, yeah and <laughs> um, tony in in regards to some of the impacts of stroke you've you've mentioned uh, several things that have happened to to yourself is is there anything else like uh, loss of feeling mobility yeah, so there's a lot of things, and every stroke is a little bit different. So there's, it's not a standard feature because before the, my stroke, I thought a stroke was a stroke, and you know had you know, a package of things that went, uh, yep. you had to deal with. But it, it's totally, you know, now now I know a bit more about it. It's really um, quite a problem. So things like uh, the you know, brains have got functions and loss of feeling, uh, loss of mobility, uh, arm movements, leg movements. Most people with a stroke t- tend to walk with a limp. I've, I've been lucky I haven't got the, the uh, limp. Mm-hmm. Um, it affects balance, uh, standing, walking, um, d- difficulty in, you know, coordinating movements and my hand actions now, uh, uh, you know, dodgy. I've got to just uh, work out. Sensations, yeah. you know, sensations well. So, if you you might not be able to feel heat, you might not be able to feel pain in the affected areas. And yeah. so, uh, if you're working on kitchens, for example, you might put your hand on a hot plate, for example, not knowing that um, it's on. You know, that that type of thing. So, it's really uh, quite a quite an issue. That could um, be dangerous. Oh, it's, it's you know, just things you've got to be careful mm. with and probably manage, you know. Fatigue, yeah. most people get fatigued uh, after stroke and so for me, I was um, right after stroke, I was very fatigued so I just had to listen to my body when I had to have a lie down, I just went for a rest, you know, and, and uh, people tend to fight the fatigue because they want to, you know, be active in life, and but you just got to listen to your body. I think and um, talk. Rest verbal, up. Yeah, verbal communication, talking, speaking. I had to learn to talk again. I had to learn mm-hmm. to eat again, walk again. Uh, all those things that were taught, to, retaught uh, back to um, uh, with the rehab. Things like uh, communication. I was right-handed. My right side has been affected, so now and now I've had to change the left hand, uh, and so that makes you know my writings overly legible. Just, you know, if I concentrate yeah. again and take my time, I can uh, read it. But it's if I rush, it's just unreadable. Uh, so things like the memory loss, you know, that's uh, a lot of people have memory loss. Okay. Uh, poor attention to detail, you know, um, uh, planning, solving problems. That's another big area. Uh, and emotions, you know, emotions are probably the, a lot of people are angry. They want to blame. So who's to blame? Why did it happen to me? Yeah, uh, you know what caused this, and you you were probably never going to know the actual answers in a, in most cases. But um, some of it, some are obvious, but I think you generally we don't know. Uh, that leads to frustration. There's a grief factor where you know things that you could do uh, beforehand and now become really difficult. So you there's a loss factor uh, mm-hmm. that can lead to depression. And um, uh, crying, for my 
if I get a, again, I was military, and so, you know, he's like a tough soldier, but um, if I get to movies now or or, uh, family occasions that um, trigger a uh, emotional response, I get get tears, you know, like I just, uh, I've never had a pre-stroke, but I get tears and... um, yeah, just uh, so I, your wife wife now has a softer guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nothing wrong in that. Nothing wrong in that. <laughs> Having a teary over a movie. I've yeah, done it myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, we just watched the Johnny Farner movie. The other story, your Johnny Farner story, the other day. Uh, uh, the movie on that, and at the back end of it is uh, you know the loss of Johnny's. Um, Oh, John! I should shouldn't say John, uh, Johnny, because he's changed to John. But <laughs> yeah, um, you know, he's what he achieved, and that when he sings that voice is so powerful. Um, yeah, and that just brought a tear to my eye. You know, and things like this just crazy. But um, he's had an extraordinary life. But then you see the the the, the mm. downside of of what's happened to him. I could see how that uh, could induce a tear or two. Yeah, <laughs> I've never had it. You know, I've never had previously had it. So, oh, okay. Um, uh, but things like for me, for me personally, um, f- like falls, I've had uh, fell through a window uh, at. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, uh, yeah, Mister like bottom step of a house I wasn't familiar with and fell through a wi- plate glass window. <laughs> so uh, that led to an amateur trip. Yeah, that was um, scalped myself and you know severe lacerations my arm. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah. so Tony, what did your wife notice, and what did you notice? So, how does someone? What I'm trying to say is, how does someone know that someone's having a stroke? Oh, good. Um, the how do we stroke? So, there's a acronym called FAST. So, F A S T, and uh, it's fairly simple. Uh, these are the most common symptoms of stroke. So it doesn't include all, all the signs, but it covers most of them. So I work on a, um, a like baseball strategy. So if you have one strike, you only need one strike and you're out type of thing. So right, we have yeah. baseball three strikes. You need just one of these to face. So face is, the, is F is, is for face. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, basically if your your you smile starts to droop, your eyelid might start to droop. Um, your face might sink a bit. You know, muscle in your, your basically muscle relaxation, uh, or your tongue may be twisted from side to side. So one side to the other side. Is that is that the whole face or just half the face? Like, are we talking generally one side of the face? Is if the left hand brain's affected, the right side of the face will um, be affected. So, um, yeah, it's, it's the brain works opposite the the, the um, what uh, how your body works. Yeah, the outward features. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the the face is so it's pretty much a I think a muscle relaxant. Uh, when you have a stroke, you lose your, your grips or your tension and uh, the droopy smile, the droopy eyelid, the tongue twisted might be a problem. So that's uh, the first symptom. So if you've got a distorted face, um, that could be, you know, a palsy. Yep. Yeah, I, I had Bell's palsy once. Uh, I, I got an, an ear infection. Yeah. And so it could be, it could be that or it could be a stroke. So that you know, take the it's one strike. It's a it's a you know, um, it's an indication. So you're better off calling the ambulance rather than uh, not. Uh, yeah. The A stands for arms. So can the person lift both arms? So one side be weaker. 
Right. Yep. If they can lift both arms, then that's fine. But yeah, then you ask them to lift both legs, and if they've, their arms may not be affected, but the legs might be affected. So whilst uh, A fits in the acronym, it's it's you know limbs type of thing, both arms, yep. and both legs. That's just a check. So that's a, that's the second uh, main feature. So if you have both of those, you're in a world of hurt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and that's that's the one that affected you um, mainly. That's an after effect. Yeah, I didn't have that at the start time of the stroke. I didn't have a stroke to begin with. So, um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's things I've learned uh, from other people, not so much from personal experience, but yeah, yeah. Um, S uh, S S stands for speech, and so it might be slurred speech, or they can't, um, they may not understand what you're saying. So this is really important. It needs to be two way communication. So the person might be trapped in the body. And but they can totally understand what you're saying, but they just can't express themselves. And so the two-way communication is really if they've got um, you need to find a, a non-verbal communication method. So that might be you know if you can hear me, can you blink your eyes twice? Because a single blink may be a natural uh, a natural blink. Mm, yeah. yeah. So. Um, Blink, blink twice if you can hear me. That's a, I can hear you. That's great. Yeah, uh, things like uh, squeezing your fingers. Can you if you can hear me squeezing my fingers? And you just need to work out if they've got a left weak side in their arms. You need to pick the strong side. Yeah. Uh, so you know, squeezing my fingers. There's a whole lot of different aspects you can find to non-verbal communication, but it needs to be two-way. There's no real first aid for for stroke, so um, it's. It, the first day is really called the ambulance. So that's the third strike, you know, so face, arm, speech. And then mm-hmm. um, T is for time. Time's really critical. And um, it's, as I say, every 15 minutes, it breaks down the size of P, you know, a loss of P pod in your brain. So um, if you see it in those fast signs, it's really called the ambulance and um, give them comfort. So we think, we tend to say think fast, act fast. And call triple or zero. So you might have um, you might have a person. You usually there's a crowd of people or some. You know, if it's on the street, for example, it'd be a crowd of people. You know, working out who's fallen over or whatever. You know, whatever's happened to them. If it's home, it's a different story. You'd usually one person. So you try and you know, dial a triple O. They'd rather the ambulance rather be called for a false diagnosis than not being called at all. And we need to stop the. A lot of people have the um, one of these symptoms, but they say, "Oh, you know, just let's not, wait and see." Yeah, they have a cup of tea, go to bed. Uh, eight hours later, you've, you've lost your time. So, at the moment, it's a window of about four hours that that gives the doctors every opportunity to um, make the best rectification. Yeah, that could be thrombolysis. This cot cot busting agent that um, may work for you and now there's a in the last couple of years there's been a a treatment called clot retrieval where the doctors will go into a major or it needs to be a larger blood vessel not a capillary but um, and they'll just withdraw the clot from your from your brain those people tend to be you know in the hospital for about 48 hours and then all they're waiting for the scar to heal and then uh, they're off the back on the streets and uh, living life of the full uh, and, you know versus my case of 13 weeks in the hospital I'd hate to see my hospital bill <laughs> 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 true. It'd be, you know, just a mind blowing, but um, yeah, time 
Time is brain. Yeah. Yeah. So Tony, you've just taken us through fast. Yes. Uh, F A S T. So yes. face, arms, speech, and time. Yes. And um, I suppose this is an uh, an apt and opportune time for me to say that uh, the Stroke Foundation actually have a campaign at the moment called The Blokes Beside You. Uh, it's worked in with uh, International Men's Health Week. The campaign is about ensuring that we know this FAST acronym uh, and we can really put it into action. Uh, just a, a, a little uh, aside, uh, we got a phone call, my wife and I, and it was my, my wife's mother, um, and she said, I've had a fall. And we rushed around to her house and she'd taken quite some time to to get a hold of the phone. She had taken a mm. fall, but the phone was just out of reach. Yeah. And the amount of time that it took her, she dehydrated a lot. Yeah. Well, when I looked at her, her face was uh, um, sunken and, and unresponsive. It, it wasn't moving normally. Mm. Uh, she couldn't move her arms and legs. Her speech was slurred, and I went, she's had a stroke. And straight away, I dialed triple O. And it turns out she was just dehydrated. Yeah. She'd, been, she'd been on the floor for that long. And I tell you what, the ambulance guys were fantastic. They came in. Um, they they looked after her no end, and, and they confirmed uh, or, or put to bed our fears that mm. she'd had a stroke. Yeah. Um, and uh, an overnight stay in hospital, she was fine back home um, uh, I, and on the on the mend. Yeah, the ambulance guys and the medical, you know, the, there's an noise where the media beats them up so much with the, you know, the, uh, the bottom line, they save more lives than they lose type of thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah. They're just terrific. And, you know, uh, when I fell through this window <laughs> at uh, DUI, place I wasn't familiar, that area wasn't familiar with, the ambulance yeah. were there in eight minutes. And then, because uh, I, uh, I scalped myself and I'm on warfarin. Yep. Um, I was bleeding like a pig. <laughs> so um, the guys are trying to... Um, uh, cover my head to stop the bleeding and but the, the, I was leaking from the bleeding from the arm as well and so um, oh. they had to get another crew so one guy had to put the sh you know, shunts in to uh, the, you know various needles in to uh, relax myself I think it was yeah. and then um, uh, the other driver was the driver actually was holding the head with a towel and then uh, they had to get another crew so had two ambulances turn up got another driver in they drove you know, me to the hospital it was just um unbelievable what they did and you know that's the problem with um stroke is falls and balance and things like that and yeah um yeah it just happens in a second and you, you know, it changes your life completely you know so. tony can you tell us how can we reduce stroke how, how could you have prevented what what happened to you what what's some other things I, I might just uh, if you, just before we go on, Stuart, if you can, we we'll just talk about TIA. Uh, so trans and scooping attack, and TIA is a very temporary uh, loss of uh, used to be called a niceness of mini stroke, but now it's a stroke. And so TIA is very temporary, and it might last fifteen minutes or half an hour, for example. And there might be a bit of plaque in your brain, for example, that will dislodge and uh, move away, and then you you back to normal, for example. But it's really a uh it's a sign of stroke so it's a, it's a, you know we treat it as a warning and then necessitates going to the doctor so how do i reduce from a stroke um it's a couple of things you know probably the most important thing is, is blood pressure is the 
single probably biggest killer of or biggest cause of stroke. And so if you can get to your GP right. and asking for a, a blood pressure check, and uh, ideally we're looking for about a figure around 120 over 80, um, yeah. and that's uh, high blood pressure is probably 140 uh, on the high number and 90 on the on the number. So if you've got high blood pressure, uh, that's over 140, over 90 on the two figures, uh, then that there's treatment for that, and it's just as simple as taking a tablet, and you're good. So uh, it's, that's the one, you know, the pretty thing. If you can get also, I, I always recommend to my guys that the men in the room that I talk to and with these strokes I talks, uh, get them to commit to a blood test. A blood test is uh, can identify your sugars like diabetes, your risk of diabetes, um, cholesterol, things like that. And then we generally we call it know your numbers. And so if you know your numbers, numbers of blood pressure numbers, your um, diabetic uh, sugar levels, cholesterol levels, it just makes you, gives you a big picture of, helps the doctor manage yeah. your, your your situation so that's the probably best one um the uh next one is uh eat well is a balanced diet yeah um, we're looking for re- reduction of uh, saturated fats like the butter you know or to see if you can find alternates to butter uh, the olive um olive uh, margarines and things like that yeah you can do it fried foods to try and drop that out uh reduce salt and um uh, if we can drop that, so in things like um, baked beans, for example, uh, there's one low salt version of baked beans, which is yeah. seven, 700 times the uh, reduction in salt from the salt can. Yeah. And uh, why we like salt is it tastes great. It, like it, we enjoy it. And if you do the restaurants, they cover the you know steaks before a uh, steak they you know cover in salt, for example. Of yep. course, it tastes great, and we go back to restaurants, you know. But um, really, your palate will adjust uh, as soon as you uh, once you start. It'll yeah, it'll adjust to it, and, which is good. Um, Trying to you know, reduce sugars, so soft drinks, you know, uh, sweets, things like that. Um, cut out, cut out the sweet stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, try to yeah, just a, like the soft drinks got a lot of no sugar uh, drinks available now. Uh, water, obviously, you get uh, drink water. Um, trying to replace um, include fresh fruit and nuts in your diet as well. So it might be a different way of doing it. And if you can buy uh, non-processed foods, so go fresh, and then uh, that gives you the best. Uh, again, all the processed foods generally have a fairly fairly high degree of salt, and you can tell that by the label. Yep. Um, um, so sodium is called on the labels and uh, sugar is also identified the label so you can do that another one uh, is stay active and that might be exercise you're looking for you know 30 minutes uh, daily and that might be a walk up the street you know 15 yep. minutes 15 minutes another you know afternoon so 30 minutes daily doesn't have to be continuous um, things like uh kicking uh, football with your grandkids, uh, you know, just playing in the yard with the grandkids type of stuff. Might be that exercise. Uh, the um, might be, you know, for example, da- dance class, uh, pretty not. <laughs> not Walk, walking many. walking down to your local men's shed. Yeah, walking down the men's shed. Yeah, great, great idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And, um, yeah, that's uh, so it's trying to stay active as much as you can. And, um, uh 
yeah, just the simple stuff. So even just a simple walk that men mentioned is great. And moderation, drink alcohol in moderation. So uh, two standard drinks with a couple of uh, uh, ease days or uh, non-alcohol days in the mix of it. So you know, if you drink for three days, have four days off, for example. And, and two standard drinks isn't a bigger glass. No, it's a, it's a, like a midi, <laughs> midi, not a schooner type of thing. If you there you go. Beer, so, yeah, wine glasses again. You know, same just for the to the um, appropriate level, not the full glass. Yeah. Um. So, and I think at the moment the the gossip is the they, they might stop alcohol or you know uh, recommend no alcohol for stroke uh, in the future. You know, so that has to happen. Actually, it hasn't happened yet, but they just drink moderation. Like everything, if you moderate your lifestyle, um, smoke free is another one. Uh, try and reduce the smoke of uh, risk of uh, smoking that causes complications in pretty much every disease. Yeah. And um, there's a call help or quitting uh, quit line. So, one, three, seven, eight, four, eight, if you need help to break the habit. We understand it's a habit and it's a difficult to break, but the hospitals uh, now give you nicotine patches because you're not allowed to smoke in the hospital precinct. And so they'll give you uh, supply nicotine patches if you're trying to break the um, break the habit, for example. Um, so they're the, they're the main things. So they, check your doctor. The, the doctors are probably the biggest thing. Basically, the blood pressure, there's no indication of blood pressure uh, it, People think you often get a headache, but if you've got a headache with blood pressure, if you're really high levels and you, you know, you're up to the 200s uh, over 150, for example, before you, you know, tend to get a headache. Um, mm. So it's, yeah, just this. If you can, no, sufficient GP, do a blood test. And if your GP's scary or you're not comfortable with the GP or haven't got a GP, I really encourage you get get one. But a chemist, um, a chemist will find will do a blood pressure test for you. They won't do the blood test, but um, mm. that's where the GP is so good. So like, they'll cover both uh, situations. So, Tony, just to wrap up, you're one of 110 people of lived experience that are uh, speakers, presenters for the Stroke Foundation right across Australia. Yes. You, you do presentations online and face-to-face. Uh, you're there to raise the awareness of uh, of stroke and the signs, uh, and and share your lived experience across the across the board. I believe you're speaking at Southwest Sydney uh, Menshed in Bonnyree um, coming up, and yes. uh, you've you've spoken at several sheds across uh, the your, your time. Um, if a shed is interested in uh, having one of uh, the lived experience members come and speak at their shed, they can go to the Stroke Foundation's website. Um, they can go and check out the Bloke Beside You campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a fact sheet on uh, uh, blood pressure uh, and what the different, different digits uh, are talking about. But what we really want to do is encourage everyone to learn the FAST acronym, uh, FACE ARMS, Oh, what was it? Crikey. Speech. Speech. <laughs> there, there you go. Speech. Uh, and then time. Time yeah. is uh, the utmost important. Get on the phone, call the ambulance and uh, call triple zero and uh, get get things checked out 
uh, because who knows, it could be a stroke and it could be devastating for one's life. Tony, thank you very much for sharing with us today and sharing your lived experience and your, the knowledge that you've developed over and since. Tony, appreciate your time. Pleasure, Stuart. And thanks. The good, the good news is that uh, AWS Center of Stroke is preventable, which is great. You know, so if you do this, the future model lifestyle, lifestyle adjustments, then um, we would certainly reduce our risk of stroke. So it's a good news story. Um, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. So thank you so much for listening, Stuart. And uh, I hope everybody learns something from it. And the Zoom, we do do Zoom for the regional areas and um, the structure talks can be done. I've done one in Wagga for a printer. They, one of their printers had a, a stroke in the office or in their printing room and uh, we were able to, they, after the event, uh, decided to have a stroke, so talk to learn more about it. So we're looking to save a life. We're looking for maybe a family member, maybe someone on the street we don't know, but um, we just um, try and think fast, act fast. Appreciate it, Tony. Thank you. Well, that was the most informative episode of The Shared Wireless. And uh, don't forget, F-A-S-T, face, arms, speech, and time. Remember to share the podcast with your shedding mates, especially this one. This info could really save a life. Give them a hand to subscribe if you can, or send them to www.menshed.org forward slash The Shared Wireless. Until next time, folks, for the love of shedding. And don't forget... F-A-S-T It don't matter if you work with wood Or fabricating metal is the thing you understood Whatever is your game, everyone's the same Yeah, we can do it all at the men's shed Short, fat, tall, skinny, hairy, bald in the shed, it's welcome one and all Share the skills you know We're all having a go There's a helping hand in the men's shed Something for you at the men's shed 